1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDIC.
2: Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. I guess it's a slam dunk question if you ask women... Which doctor do you least look f- look forward to seeing? I guess
3: it's a slam dunk for you guys. Gynecologist. Yeah, I was thinking. Oh, dentist.
2: Dentist for you. Gynecologist for sure. The gyno. Gyno for sure. I was thinking it was going to be gyno.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean,
5: dentist is like He's right there. Second. Right. There. I don't want anyone in any hole. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Save that. <laughs> Rebecca, probably it would be the dentist. Oh, yeah. Crisis love, at the dentist's office.
5: I
3: love my gynecologist. <laughs> Shout out Dr. Wetter. Real name.
2: Really? Dr. Wetter? Wetter. Dr. Wetter.
4: <laughs> we got to search later. Uh-huh. We, we will find the most, um, the most perfectly named gynecologist. Oh,
2: we got a call on this before. There's a Dr. Beaver. Uh
4: (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh, for sure. Oh, and then I just saw there's a guy (laughs) who is a urologist that does vasectomies. I kid you not, this was a a meme. His name is Dr. Dick Chop.
6: No,
7: no. the oh.
4: C-H-O-P-P it. was the last name. No,
7: stop it!
6: Oh, I swear, I
4: just saw the meme yesterday. <laughs>
7: That's what he was born to do.
4: Yes, I know. It's like that name was given to Damn. you. You, you were, you, were given a gift of a name. Now you must use it appropriately. That sounds
7: like an
2: awful wrestling move, Fi- the finishing move. Oh, the dick chop! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you are I not want getting on a receiving it. No. <laughs> anyway, so what happened at the dentist office here?
3: Yeah, um, I think if I hadn't been. Paying my oral surgeon to do this to me, it would probably count as like a misdemeanor. He basically saw me as an easy mark, I think, as a disgruntled dentist. So just for some context, I sound a little better today, but my speech might be like a little wonky because I have had this tongue lesion on the side of my tongue.
2: You talk sexy. It's a, little early. it's a little early for this kind of sex talk.
3: Yes, it's a trigger warning, really <laughs> gross dental stuff. Yeah, we're going to really get into it. But uh, I'm going to put
2: lesion up there with one of those words where <laughs> nothing good ever comes before or after it. No. Lesion.
3: I was trying to think of like, what's a good word for this? It's just like a, this like kind of like raw <laughs> trauma, basically, on the side of my tongue that... My doctors basically think that I bit my tongue in like the middle of the night Damn! and then for some reason it just never healed like instead it just kept getting worse actually and worse and worse upon periods of months to the point that. I was having trouble eating. I was even having trouble talking. And it was just kind of getting miserable because I was born to sing, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't sing in some months. That's been awful for me. But I went to my dentist for my, like, annual checkup, basically. And they took a look at my mouth. And the dental assistant basically just said, God bless you. And immediately referred me to an oral surgeon. So
4: wait. You were dealing with all this, didn't go seek somebody out specifically to take care of it. You just went to your regular six-month dental checkup, and they were like, yeah, no, you need to see somebody.
3: Yeah. (laughs)
2: That's probably the way I would have gone also. Yeah? Yeah. Start at the, like, not bottom, but the basic, and then they refer you to something more complicated.
4: No, no, no. I'm saying it was so bad she didn't, she didn't seek out treatment for the lesion. She was just dealing with it mm-hmm. until she had to go to her dentist and her dentist is like, yeah, no, you should probably <laughs> see somebody about that.
3: Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I bought like a little custom thing on Amazon, like those little bite guards and stuff and like boiled it and tried to sleep with it. That worked for like one night. I couldn't do it. I don't know. That was like the best I could do, I guess. But no, the dentist saw me on a Friday and sent me over on Monday. So, um, the Monday comes and I am in the office waiting to see if they need to do a biopsy on me. And I am so naive because I am so excited to finally get some answers on whatever this is going to be. Why naive? Because I have never, ever been afraid in a dentist office or a doctor office. I just don't get nervous. When someone takes my blood, I stare at them. Mm. I make them uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, it's always just been fine for me. But my first red flag should have been when I sat in the chair, the oral surgeon came in, and he immediately just, no warning, started prodding and poking (laughs) at this raw sore on my tongue. (laughs) I almost started crying there because that was painful. But what he did next (laughs) was even crazier because he took a look. He said, okay, I think this is just trauma, but since it hasn't healed in six months, I think it's a good idea to take a biopsy. And I said, okay, great. Sign the consent form. He pulls out Mm -hmm. the largest steel syringe that I have ever seen in my life.
2: Nope. this has to go into your tongue and he has to extract what's in your tongue through the syringe.
3: So he says, this is to numb you. Yeah. The nurse basically like suplexes me by my mouth backed on the chair and he takes it, doesn't tell me anything and sticks it behind my teeth in the back of my cheek. Nope. I have stopped breathing at this point. Yeah. It's really, really painful. And I can feel like the syringe emptying and this needle going into my skin. (laughs)
6: Did they
3: not, like how could they not gas you before doing something like that? I was wondering if I should ask for laughing gas. Yeah. You do that while you're in the parking lot. (laughs) Yell it in there. I'm coming.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Next time, I think I
3: would do it, but okay, I won't go too too gross. But thank you. After that, he waits five seconds and he sticks it right into my tongue.
2: Oh yeah. damn
6: it! Uh,
3: into the sore. He <laughs> didn't my catch tongue.
6: me. Yeah. Nope.
3: Immediately, I'm out. Black.
2: You literally passed out I from see the
3: pain. Nothing. Yes, I literally passed out. What a
2: blessing. <laughs> (laughs)
3: I was out, I think, for like two seconds. I honestly am not totally sure if they even noticed because I think my my vision just went completely black and I kind of went, oh, just like wobbled a little bit with like, but they were holding me up very like strongly. So he takes it out. He's like, okay, well, we're just going to wait for five minutes and see how that goes and Mm -hmm. come back. I don't think they even noticed that I was gone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't step into the light. So what'd they find out? What was it?
3: So I'm getting my results on Monday. So we will see. I don't think it's anything too terrible. They kind of were just like abundance of a, like you know caution, just because it has been some months. Yeah. But they really think that I just need a bite guard, which I'm like great. Got my tongue chopped off for a bite guard. <laughs> Love that.
4: Um, and I know your 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 dentist recommended this oral surgeon. Did you look at any of his reviews before you went? Well, I
2: mean it's going to be pretty painful. <laughs> it was months.
4: <laughs> I know it was months, but the way they did that and just like and like you need to be, I need to be proper prepared for any pain that you're about to inflict. I don't need you to sugarcoat anything. I had a major issue with my fertility clinic when it came to this. Like, don't don't downplay what you're about to do. Prepare me for the worst, mm-hmm. right? I do not feel like you were properly prepared for what they were about to do, nor were you offered laughing gas.
2: (laughs) That's the real problem. Yeah,
3: I think if I had read reviews now for (laughs) Bedside Manor, they wouldn't have been stellar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let us know when the results come back. I will. I will. (laughs) The Burt Show. All right, Mo. So there are restaurants that make great first dates, probably. Then there are others that are probably middle of the road. But if you're on a first date and they take you to a restaurant that you're not down with, you pretty
7: much go through with the meal anyway, right? You would think times are changing. I I, I don't understand what's going on with the dating world out there. In this particular video, it it, it just infuriated me. And
4: <laughs> There's so much cringe. So There's much. so much cringe.
7: I mean, you can only hope that it's not real, but it does appear to be real. You just can't ever tell today with the, the skits and things that people do online. But she appeared... This woman who was on this date or supposed to be on this date appeared to have posted this to try to embarrass the man. This was a, another one of those situations. And I'm paint the picture, and then you can listen to the audio. She's, she's in his car, and he pulls up to the restaurant that he's taking her to on a first date. And I, I guess she didn't know where they were going beforehand. It, it might have been like a surprise where he was taking her out. And so when he decides to get out the car and go around to her side of the car to let her out, she refused to get out the car. Because of where he decided to take her, and this is what ensued.
8: Let me just get
1: the door for you. Okay. He got me at the cheesecake factory, at all Oh, you're not this far. Uh mm Yes. Uh,
8: did you want me to open the door for
5: you? Okay. Are you? You're recording me?
3: Yeah. Yeah, this is the Cheesecake Factory. This is the Cheesecake Factory, y'all. What's the problem with that? This is a chain restaurant. Who takes someone that looks like
1: this to a chain
8: restaurant? Okay, you wanna talk about it? I'm, I'm talking about it. <laughs> you in front of them? Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, I wanna talk about it. Yeah, come on, get up, go we'll in the car. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. So,
6: yeah, <laughs>
4: as he was walking around the car, She locked the door. (gasps) So he couldn't open the door. In his car. In his car. And so he's trying to open the door. And then that's when she rolled down the window and had that encounter with him and said, I'm not getting out of
7: the car. And filming him. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: And got him, like, he's on camera. Mm -hmm. Like, she turns it. And, like, he's, like... You're filming me? Like, it's all on camera. It's so cringe. Now, I'll own it. Not that long ago, I was cracking on Kaylee for taking his wife to Cheesecake Factory for a 40th birthday because I know them and I know her, and I'm like, I don't think that's going to be her jam for a 40th birthday. But for a first date, there is nothing wrong with the Cheesecake
5: Factory for a first date.
7: I thought it was me. I don't see the problem. There's a lot right about going to the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) It's delicious. Yes.
5: And it's kind of expensive. Too. Yeah. maybe this is my, that was the place to go when I was in college. Like when your parents went in town, you went to the Cheesecake Factory. I would kick this woman out the car, lock the doors and leave her there.
2: If I was going to play defense attorney though, is there anything, and I don't believe this, but I'm just trying to start a conversation. Is there anything about her having enough value in herself to say, look, I'm better than a, I'm better than a chain restaurant.
4: Okay. Yeah, sure. But you don't film in and put the man on blast. Yeah. Cool.
3: That was a bit much. Yeah. And if you watch the video, it looks like she loves some cheesecake. She looks okay, like the okay. official cheesecake right. tester. <laughs> okay.
4: That's okay. I would disagree with that Same like She
3: would be happy to be at the Cheesecake Factory. It'd be like Disney World for her.
5: Oh, Okay. I what, haven't
2: seen
7: the video. I'm just saying. You think she would have sprinted into it? She's the, like, all this, all this for a six. That, that was a lot of the comments. That was. From people. <laughs> okay. That's just
2: mean. It's rude all the way around. However, if you're going to be that rude on a video and you get rude comments, oh, I mean, come what? on. You have to you expect that, that, right? All right, now let's focus still on uh, restaurants here. Dude
7: thought he had a great plan at 20 different restaurants, right? And and he did for quite some time. Or at least
4: 19 he did. Yeah,
7: he got away <laughs> with about 19 or 20 of them. Um, this man was arrested recently in Spain after allegedly faking a heart attack to get out of paying the bill at 20 different restaurants. (laughs) And apparently it was... That's
4: committing to the pit, baby. (laughs) It really is,
7: baby. It was an elaborate scheme, and they they got him on video, I guess, at a couple of the restaurants, and it's a really theatrical thing. Like, the man didn't just, like, try to do it on the... He really sold it made a scene of it i'm passing out i'm feigning if only i could just make it outside and then he just leaves and he never pays the bill so he's holding his heart he goes straight down and then are there other uh workers there that help him out of the building well sometimes so i guess in the beginning before people started to realize it was a thing they would actually help him out the restaurant and try to get him (laughs) to safety and i guess in the 20th restaurant for uh, they they just didn't believe him for whatever this particular restaurant was like. Something's not right here. And then it's funny because when you look at the total of all of his all of the restaurants he did it to, nothing was more than forty dollars. There wasn't one bill that was, it was the, the highest bill they said was thirty seven dollars. <laughs> and this restaurant decided like something doesn't feel right. So they took the video up that they had and the pictures of them and they sent it to other local restaurants. And it wasn't a week later. He was in another restaurant doing the same exact thing. This dude's got a bad ticker, man. Yeah. <laughs>
4: so they <laughs> put their red flag up in case he did it again, and sure enough, he did, and that's how he got busted. So
7: this restaurant told him that they were gonna call the ambulance for him. So he waited, but they didn't call the ambulance. They actually called the police. And he Ooh. got arrested nice. and spent the night in jail, which they thought was enough punishment for him, but the restaurants want more, and I guess they're teaming up to try to get it him hurt. some years. Yeah,
4: after twenty, after twenty restaurants, you're gonna have, I, I don't know about years, but you're gonna have some fines to pay. He
2: deserves it. You're gonna go to jail for that. We you could have just ordered yourself a cuisine at home.
7: <laughs> Man wasn't even ordering like steak, like topping. <laughs> steak to do it.
8: The Burt Show.
7: Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby.
2: It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz.
9: Would you auction off items from your ex for some cold, hard cash? Well, that's what Raquel slash Rachel Levis did from Vanderpump Rules, she raised a little over 15000 or a little under $15,000 for charity by selling items from her ex, Tom Sandoval. Now, if you missed the scandal ball, somehow <laughs> Tom Sandoval was dating this woman named Ariana for like 10 years and ends up cheating on Ariana's close friend, Raquel slash Rachel slash Rachel, and it sent the reality world into an absolute tizzy. So she sold a couple of different things. She sold Tom's lightning bolt necklace for about ninety five or for $5,300 and two Tom Tom hoodies, which is their brand out in L.A., for $9,300. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, what is she going to do with all this money? She said that she is donating all of it to the National Alliance of Mental Illness. So good for her. Yeah. Go Raquel slash Rachel. I think she
4: also needs some good PR too after, you know, sleeping with her best friend's boyfriend. And that Old. too.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops.
9: Yeah. <laughs> okay. John Legend just launched a new travel and food app for people who want less negativity on their social media. But hear me out this might be the one app that needs a little bit of negativity on it. So John Legend is launching this new app called It's Good. And it's sort of like Yelp or TripAdvisor. But the one difference is that there aren't any negative reviews. You either approve of it Or you don't approve of it. It's either good or it's not good. And so it's not built for negative comments. So if you have a terrible experience out at XYZ restaurant, Mm -hmm. you can't talk about it. You just have to say that you don't recommend it. It's designed to celebrate the places we love and are excited about enough to share.
2: Mm, I don't know how I feel about this. Kristen, tell me how I feel about
5: this.
9: (laughs) Well, I just, I feel like...
4: I feel like we don't need it. I don't, I don't see like, I don't see how it's going to be useful. I think it's useful for the, the restaurants because it's only restaurants.
2: Well, it's, it's useful for, for the good
6: restaurants. Yeah. So,
4: <laughs> but I mean, there's already so many other ways as far as finding out if a restaurant is good and how they're rated and yeah, negative comments, ex- you know, negative comments exist and some people take advantage of that, but I like to read the comments and I'd like to know why you don't like a place like did you not like it because you thought the food was too spicy? Well, then that's not going to be I like spicy food. Or did you not like it because it was the worst service of your life and you waited three mm-hmm. hours for your entree? Like, I think that kind of stuff is important.
7: I agree. I, I, the only thing I do like about it is it does filter out like um, the comments from people that you can tell, like you just said, are more personal. Mm-hmm. They're not actually based on because I feel like podcasts go through this with commenting. Like sometimes you can tell that it's not actually based on the material or the yeah. place. It's coming from just a, a negative space and. And I guess this would cancel that if you're looking for genuine reviews about her. It cancels said-
4: cancel culture. Yes. Because when something bad happens and it gets notoriety, people will rate a restaurant or, or, or an establishment having never stepped foot in there because they want to cancel it. 100%.
2: All right, let's put this in a different realm. Uh, I, I have a friend that is a girl. Most says to me, hey, I'd really like to go out with her. Do you think she's worth going out with? And I go, no. That's what you feel like this is?
4: Yes, it, that's what it is.
2: I say, no. Isn't your follow-up going to be... Well, why not? And in this app, I'm not allowed to tell you. I could just say, nope. I see your point. Yeah. It would drive you crazy. <laughs>
4: and cancel culture. I mean, you can still go to this app and everybody can just say no. And it, it has a bad rating because everybody, you know, gave it a thumbs down. And you don't
5: you don't know why. No, I love this because I get I get lost in the comments. I'll see something with like four and a half out of five stars. And then I'll see a couple of negative comments and it'll sway me. And then I have to read through all of them. And then I get overwhelmed. So if I could go somewhere and it's just like, yes or no. That would make it so much easier for me. I got questions.
2: I'm like, but I got questions.
5: (laughs) The other cool thing is that you can get
9: recommendations specifically from people that you follow on social media, like your favorite influencer. So if you want to know where XYZ Cool Girl is going out to dinner, it'll tell you. So I think that's kind of cool. And where she got paid to eat? Okay. And and where she got paid to eat. (laughs) Tell me where you got that free cheesecake, girl. Okay. We recently heard that Tom Cruise has this clause in his movie contracts where he's not allowed to be on any of the merchandise. And now there's this whole list going out of some of the weird things that celeb celebs have put in their contracts. Some of them are kind of normal and reasonable. Like one of the first ones is Keanu Reeves has a no digital editing clause because mm-hmm. I guess somebody did a digital tear on his face and mm-hmm. he's like, that's not what I wanted yeah. to portray. I yeah. would have cried if I wanted. But then there's one from The Fast and Furious. I guess The Rock, Jason Staka, Statham, and Vin Diesel all refused to be depicted as the loser in a fight. So <laughs> Vin Diesel Get created this point system that was in the contract <laughs> where they had to count the number of kids Cakes punches wow. and headbutts to make sure that it was all even. So, um, you know, there were no losers.
2: And now you know why The Rock thinks he's a douchebag. <laughs> <Exactly.
9: laughs> okay, don't drink every time Jada Pinkett Smith talks about Tupac. Coming up on your next <laughs> interview.
6: Yeah, shocking, huh? God. Sorry, okay. just shocking. No, I'm, I'm, over. Not, I'm not kidding you.
9: We used to, we had a,
4: we've had a ban on multiple celebrities before. After this story of Jada Pinkett talking about Tupac, we're never allowed to mention her speaking of Tupac again.
2: be careful because because listeners are going to go, okay, if you do that, then Abby can't talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey anymore. There's a
4: difference yeah, that brings a joy point. to people.
2: <laughs> the Burt Show. Are you just rocking a car or a truck or whatever that's just getting you to A to B, man? You're not very proud of it. Just It's just transportation. We want to get you into something special for $100. A Mercedes-Benz for $100? Yeah. We can do that.
4: And it's all courtesy of RBM of Alpharetta. So our Burt's Big Adventure Mercedes-Benz raffle is back. If you don't know what Burt's Big Adventure is, it's our nonprofit. We take kids with chronic and terminal illness down to Disney World every year, and it's actually become much bigger than that. We have reunions, the Fairy Godparent program where we visit kiddos in the hospital, and every penny that we raise is going to Burt's Big Adventure. Every penny that you donate by buying a raffle ticket goes to our kids and our families. And so for $100... You could drive off with a brand new 2023 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 SUV. Not the ones that, not the one the kids had all their like, you know, crusty paws on when we went to the <laughs> <laughs> Um Or they'll at least go ahead and give it a nice good uh, car wash before they give it to you. But here's the thing. Tickets are only hundred bucks. You have a one in 2,500 chance in winning. And right now we are down to less than 750 raffle tickets. Yeah,
2: it's half sold out already. We told you guys this was going to happen. So don't put this off. Um, it, they're on sale right now, and you wait a couple of days, that's going to be it. And Burt's Big Adventure can always use this money. And as Kristen said, all of it goes to Burt's Big Adventure 100%. So get your tickets at Burt'sBigAdventure.org or All right, The email from Sammy DeWitt, and we always take Sammy DeWitt's email seriously. <laughs> Remember, the woman named can- Kendall, who didn't like that her boss, a woman, was dating her co-worker and it was a secret. She thought her co-worker was using her boss because her co-worker was seen with another woman. So, she wanted you to do War of the Roses to see if the co-worker was seeing another woman aside from the boss. The results confirmed he was and Kendall wanted to tell the boss did she ever go through with it or not. So, today is follow-up Thursday. So, we follow up on these for you. All
4: right. So, the rest of the deets, everyone in Kendall's office was a fan of her boss. But she had one problem with her. Kendall didn't like that her boss was secretly dating one of her coworkers. Kendall was convinced her co-worker was using her boss to get special treatment. He'd blow off meetings, leave work early, etc. Additionally, Kendall's husband spotted her co-worker out with another woman. So we set um, him up with a war of the roses and confirmed he was seeing another woman besides the boss. His note read, Happy anniversary, babe. Happiest two years ever. Making the boss the side chick. Kendall wanted her boss to know ASAP. We thought she should stay out of it for the sake of her job. So did she ever tell her boss?
5: All right, who's
2: got the email here for the update? That's I got up. it.
7: Well... For a while, I was torn between wanting to tell my boss and or just staying out of it and stop caring. Eventually, I got so frustrated with him and what he was getting away with, so I had a really uncomfortable talk with my boss. She shut down the conversation immediately and said that she would not discuss her personal life with me. So while I was able to tell her what I suspected about our coworker seeing someone else, she wouldn't let me discuss with her the details of how I knew. They continued to keep dating for a couple of months after. So, she obviously didn't believe me. He continued to take advantage of our boss and get away with it, doing minimal work at the office. Their relationship continued as if I had said nothing. Until one day, he made a huge mistake. He accidentally sent a text message meant for his other woman to our office (laughs) group chat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bruh. The message was clear evidence of what I had tried to tell my boss. There was no way she couldn't believe what I had told her after the text he accidentally sent. She also had no choice but to break up with him because she would look like a fool if she didn't. Things seemed quite messy, but I tried to keep my distance from the situation. A couple weeks later, he left. I don't know if he left on his own or she fired him. Either way, I'm just glad the entire situation is behind me. Office life is back to normal. We're all just trying to focus on our work and leave the drama behind.
2: I guess she did the right thing,
7: right? I mean, she tried to expose this thing.
9: Yeah, the karma was karma. Uh huh. So it came around to bite him in the butt, and she didn't have to do any of the hard work. She didn't have to risk her job. He just was a fool and sent it in the group message. I think she did risk her job, and she got lucky. I mean, by having that conversation with the boss
4: about her personal life and that the coworker was cheating on her. I mean, that, that was a, a bold and dangerous move.
2: I wonder if the two of them just decided, you know, once that text came out, like, one of us has got to get out of here. And I'm the boss,
7: so see ya!
6: Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah.
7: I also wonder if the boss has just a little bit more respect for her and knowing that she did try to come to her and it turned out that she was actually coming with accurate information. But
4: you know how sometimes, like, people, when they are proven to be wrong, instead mm-hmm. of, like, being um, <laughs> accepting of it Embracing and gracious... Uh, they do the exact opposite because they're embarrassed and then they start lashing out at you even though you didn't technically do anything wrong but Mm -hmm. they hate the fact that you made them look like, I don't know, a big old dummy.
7: Yep. (laughs) probably blames her for it now that I think about
2: it. This (laughs) one's wrapped in a nice little boat. That's the universe taking over Mm -hmm. right there.
4: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6'1 since that matters and
8: the Bird Show. Hi, <laughs> right, Jackson, what are you nervous about a DNA test for? Uh, yeah, I've always been fascinated by DNA tests. People take them all the time. They find out all sorts of cool things about personality traits, um, family, ancestry, things like that. And I've always been very curious and wanted to take one. But my main hesitancy in taking it is I'm worried that the results are gonna come back and make me spiral into some sort of existential crisis. (sighs) Um, And the reason for that is because for my entire life, uh, being Korean has been a big source of pride. Um, I've come on here and talked a lot about sort of a lot of this identity crisis that I've been going through, but at the end of the day, I am Korean. So that has been something that to be prideful of. And that's always been something that my family has, you know, doted on since I was a kid.
4: And it, that's a constant in your life. Exactly.
8: It is something that is a constant and I've, you know, that that's, you know, big, a big part of my identity. And I'm worried that if I take this test, it's gonna come back and say that I'm like 60 percent Korean, and I don't know mm-hmm. what that would do to me. Huh?
4: Really? Wow.
2: Now this is a, this would be pretty interesting to ask. Um, if any of you guys have taken a DNA test and found out like your lineage is so different than what you've been told your entire life, I can understand how it could rock you. But would love to hear that. One eight five five virtue Yeah,
4: because most people don't want to take them, um, or like, or at least my instance, I don't want to somebody having my DNA and two, I really don't want to find out that my dad had a love child back
2: in the day. <laughs> and you're fairly certain that that's the case. He well, spent some time certain, in Vietnam. But, but and-
4: yeah, he was, he got, he got deployed right out of high school. It, there's a distinct possibility for sure. <laughs> um, but for you, because so much, so much of your identity is wrapped up in being Korean, that would be like a, a huge, like that would be earth shattering for you.
8: Exactly, exactly. And something that's super cool that actually my dad's um, grandfather has is a physical family tree book that dates back generations upon generations. And this has always been something that's like been so cool that we've had running in our family. Um, historically, it's only been, like, the first male child of every family that has been written down and recorded in this, but recently we've started updating it and, like, actually putting everyone, you know, in there. You're Mm -hmm. including the ladies now. Exactly. Very nice, thank Um, you. For (laughs) inclusivity's sake. (laughs) And um, that's been so cool, and we've been able to look back these generations and see, you know, like, time and time again, like, it's been very consistent, and for me to take a DNA test and to see something that would have me, like, question this would be earth-shattering. So, if... If you're using the word
2: earth shattering in not a dramatic way, but honest way, why even take the test then? Well, what, what, what good mm. can come? Yeah, Don't I do mean, it. if you're looking at risk and reward, what are you hoping to get out? Of
8: exactly. It? It's like part of me is, do I let curiosity get the best of me and like do this as further proof of my identity or do I just let ignorance be bliss and just forget about it and then I can, you know, move on and just assume what I've been told has been correct. I don't know about others, but I took that 23 and me thing and it came back exact. There was nothing
2: interesting about it. It told me everything I'd already known. Uh, It told me about some other family members that were in the area, but to be honest with you, I don't even like the family members that I know. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I didn't reach out, but Look, if if the stakes are that high for you, I wouldn't take it at all.
5: Um, I grew up being told that uh, my family was very heavily Greek with Maroulis as a last name. And it turns out we're actually like Romanian. It's Malkovich. And they turned it to Maroulis when they came across. Really? And it was a big part of my grandmother. Now, they grew up in Greece, so they lived mm. there. It just didn't extend our roots. And so that not on the same level was a surprise to me. But what was even more surprising is I found out more about my history and how heavily Scottish I am. And my husband and I both are Scottish now and we found our clans. Our Scottish clans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
6: Scottish. <laughs> C-, <laughs> C-, C L A N. Right.
4: So we're gonna go to the Highland Games um, next year. <laughs> Most got, like, I don't want yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <No. laughs> <laughs> to sit next to you anymore. Sony me slide over. <laughs> we found our our clan, clans. So it, <laughs> it's
5: kind of cool because it gave us something else to like bond over and, and a new part of our heritage to ex- a heritage to explore. Dude, Jackson, what would you do if you
4: found out that you had? Scottish. Uh, Scottish. Right. And
8: you had a clan. Oh, my. I, I mean, I was thinking that there would be like a 5% Chinese or 5% Japanese in there. Scottish would just be, that would be a spiral.
6: <laughs>
2: Within the Korean community, could you find out anything in your DNA testing that would put you into a different kind of category? than you already are, and I'm not even exactly sure what I'm asking. Well,
8: yeah, one of the interesting things is Kim is a very common last name. It's the most common last name for Koreans, but there's actually different types of Kim's. They like originate from different areas. And so there's like this weird sort of um, you know, distinction between different ones. And I've always been told that I'm one. And mm. I mean, what if I come to find out that I'm not that one? Mm. And that's always again been a big source of pride. So you know, but at the end of the day, like you're saying, the best case scenario is I figure out what I already know and then I can, you know move on with my life, mm-hmm. and then worst case scenario, I'm, you know, <laughs> horrifically yeah. depressed. I'm not it. I'm not what, what
4: percentage it. are you, like, what were the odds of you actually going through with this?
8: I'm like 50-50 right now. Okay. I ain't touching it. it. Yeah, mad <laughs> the math is saying don't and do it, Jackson. It, right? yeah. okay. The
2: bird Show. <laughs> I think it's so commonplace for us now that we don't even really embrace the miracle of technology that we deal with every single day. I mean... I'm a lot older than Abby, so I was around before cell phones were a thing, right? And before computers were as advanced as they are now. And the access we have mm-hmm. that we take for granted every day, like what's in the palm of your hand, how we can stay connected and get information. It's really pretty much a miracle, right? And it's advancing. It's such a... An incredible rate. So when this one came out this morning, I thought, okay, here's the next evolution. But is this one safe? Because Amazon now is experimenting with drones that are going to drop off your prescription drugs right to your house. We're excited to announce that customers who signed up for Prime Air are going to be able to get prescription medication delivered to their doorstep in under 60 minutes. That means getting as close as possible to our customers, to our patients, as fast as possible. The second you understand that something might be happening with a patient, that they may be experiencing a medical condition, you want to get them the care they need as quickly as possible. It really is
8: unparalleled in the experience for getting prescription medication.
4: Uh, my peanut butter got delivered to my neighbor. Um, right. <laughs> are we sure my Lexic Pro is going to get delivered to me? <laughs>
2: right. That's the thing right there. Like, if somebody knows... I mean, it's already hard to get Adderall in this country. Right? <laughs> they know you got a prescription for Adderall, and it's dropping out of the sky at noon on Wednesday. <laughs> Guess where they're going to be. <laughs>
6: exactly
2: I,
9: mean, I'm,
4: I mean, I'm not mad at it. That way, CVS can stop sending me those text messages like, <laughs> come pick up your drugs now.
7: Right.
4: Um, But yeah, I mean, like... With with anything there's going to be like hiccups if you want to call it that for
7: sure the people who need them drugs not getting them drugs <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right so she's been dating this guy for a couple of weeks
2: now but there's do he's doing one thing that kind of makes her think like maybe I should just ditch this guy should she ditch her date
9: people often reserve friday or saturday nights for special dates so here's the deal i've been dating this guy for over 3 weeks now we've gone out 5 times we've never gone out once on a weekend night. Every time he's asked me out, it's been for a weekday evening. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that schedules can be busy, and it's not always possible to meet on weekends. But when I mentioned my availability for a Saturday night, he said he was busy without offering an alternative. Yeah, because he's hanging out with his family. So here,
2: yeah. or his girlfriend, <laughs> or my his wife. friends. Second side piece or third side piece. So many things.
9: So here are my questions for you all. How long do you think it typically takes in a new relationship before someone starts prioritizing weekend dates? Is there a standard time frame for this? Should I be concerned that we haven't had a weekend date yet after three weeks of dating? Does this signal something about his level of interest? I really like spending time with him, and I don't want to put unnecessary pressure on the relationship. However, if he doesn't consider me (laughs) worthy of prime real estate after three weeks, will
4: he ever? Nicole. So the next time he asks her out and it's a weekday, you're busy. You're only free Friday or Saturday. And see how long that goes. And I think that's your telltale answer.
2: Um, Well, let's see. Mo, does that rule still apply here? Like the midweek date is not the valuable real estate. That's not boardwalk
7: or park place in the (laughs) dating world. That's more like Baltic or Mediterranean. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I definitely think it does. I mean, this could could go either way because I've done this um where if you got a busy schedule and you just work a lot during the week sometimes for a date with someone that's new that you're not exactly sure about yet it's just easier to fill it in your schedule as you're already on the move throughout the week and then when the weekend comes sometimes you just really want to use that time to be with family or you just want to relax so you might wake up on a Saturday and you were looking forward to the date but now you're like I just really want to rest so i did not plan weekend dates for maybe the first 3 once you start going on the 5th 6th date mm-hmm. I feel like she has a reason to feel away. Like they're yeah. three weeks in now. Yeah, that's what that's the thing. Yeah. So when I was single,
2: I was much more calculated than Mo is letting on here. Um, it's it was all about time. Like we had just met each other. I don't. I, that weekend, real estate really is important for me to hang out with my dudes. And at that point, I was drinking a lot and hanging out a lot. So. I'll make it even worse. This is the worst real estate ever is your midweek lunch date is you're just kicking tires at that point. You're like, it's got a set time that you've got to be there and be out. It's an hour. Then you got to get back to work, you know, planning an hour. And for me, it was always if this hour went well, then we got a weekend ahead of us.
4: Oh, my gosh. Cassie, the the same thing happens in the mommy world with play dates. Really? Yes. Yeah. So, like, if I really like you and your kid, I'll give you a Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> really? But if, like, you know, we're we're just whatever,
5: I'll give you a Wednesday or Thursday night.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Really? Mm-hmm.
5: And it, you always have that out, too. Like, I can meet for, we could do lunch or a coffee. Like, there's always a set out in case it sucks and you can bounce. But, yeah, cause so, like, I'm hanging out. Like, we have, Cassie and I have a play date this Sunday
4: because hmm. I like her, I like her kids, <laughs> and they get along really well with Jimmy. So, of course, she's going to
5: get, like, prime weekend real estate. Yep. And it's a long one, too. It's like all morning and lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I
2: will say this about guys, though, right? Uh, And they're telling you everything that you need to know. If a guy is really excited about you, once that first date is over, if he's excited, he's going to want to lock down the second one quickly, I would think. And if that's the weekend, then
7: that's the weekend. I agree. And I mean, five dates in, you like the person. I I would imagine. You're not just on a fifth date with somebody you kind of wishwashy about. So the weekend thing should be over by this point. Ditch your date. Uh... Ditch.
4: Date, but only go on a date if it's on the weekend. Yeah,
2: you propose the weekend if he has something going on. And the fact that he's not telling you why after five dates. Yeah, he's just busy. That speaks volumes right there.
9: Absolutely date. Men are just not that calculated. You don't think so? No. If there's one thing I've learned from dating unseasoned white boys, Saturdays are for the boys. And I think <laughs> okay. he just doesn't have an open slot.
8: I've got to get some seasoning in your life immediately. <laughs> The Burt Show. Can I ask you guys a really stupid,
2: superficial question here, um, right before we get into the entertainment buzz. This doesn't have to take time, long at all. Um, so I had a business meeting. I was invited to a business meeting last night. At a really fancy steakhouse. Ooh. Ooh. You know, one of those like typical. I mean, it's super dark in there. A lot of wood. A lot of dark woods dudes in there literally this is the kind of place where you're allowed to smoke inside smoking the cigars. so as soon as you walk in you smell the cigars it's just it reeks of old school steakhouse right
4: like you choke on the testosterone when you walk in
2: most of the guys in there, I think, are past that testosterone still. <laughs> <laughs> if there's testosterone, I think it's probably being injected. But, <laughs> um, so, first thing, uh, I just because this is funny, I show up, and I hadn't gone home, so I was still in my work attire. Uh-huh. They wouldn't let me in without a jacket on, so I had a t-shirt, and I had to grab a jacket off of uh, mm. the rack, and I'm kind of a little guy, so I'm walking around like a toddler. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
6: You had the baggy joint on. <laughs> with
2: dad's jacket. (laughs) But then we sit down and this is what I'm going to ask you guys about, because if you listen to the show at all, food is my least priority. Food for me gets me from A to B. Taste, not an issue for me. I just want to get through the food to get to the drinks.
4: Oh, my God. The idea of you going to a premier steakhouse and having like the best quality beef, perfectly seasoned and perfectly cooked to the most perfect medium rare.
6: Uh, I'm definitely hungry
2: now. I yeah, know right? Mm-hmm. I had the sea bass. Just so you know, okay. And, and and I do feel like in a place like that, that the server judges you when you're at a steakhouse that's known for steak, and you're like, I'll have the fish. They're like, really? You're gonna come in here and order that?
4: <laughs> no, but sea bass is a lovely, lovely fish. How it was is great. it prepared? Cooked. Okay.
2: (laughs) When they
7: ask you, that's what you say. How would you like it? Cooked.
2: Well, that's what I want to ask you guys about steaks because they used a term last night that I have never heard of. Medium rare plus? Yeah. What is that? So there's medium rare Mm -hmm. and then there's rare. What's medium rare plus? So
4: medium rare plus, if I remember correctly, because we got into, (laughs) we had a tiff at a steak restaurant because they overcooked our food. There's actually, you have rare, medium rare, medium, medium well, well. And in between those are the pluses. So if you want it medium rare, but just a little bit warmer inside, you go plus.
2: I think that's crap. You're telling me the chef back there is just cooking it just for like 30 seconds, a little bit longer, and they're calling it plus?
1: Yeah. What?
7: I never heard of that either. Yeah. Isn't medium rare plus just medium well?
4: (laughs) No, no. Medium rare plus would would be in between medium rare and medium. And then medium plus would be between medium and medium well. And then after that, you're just chewing for 20 hours. And I don't know why you would order your steak like that. But anyway. I
2: feel like if I put two steaks in front of you and you normally like it medium rare and I put a medium rare and a medium rare plus in front of you, (laughs) you ate both. You wouldn't have any idea which the plus steak was.
4: I I
5: wouldn't. That's why I always (laughs) just go medium rare. But I've been to restaurants where I've ordered medium rare and it's rare, rare on the inside. Like. Very rare. And it I wanted a little more cooked. So this one is when I'd order medium rare plus.
4: And then this incident we got into at a steakhouse and it it was not, it was not a pleasant experience. Um, And we thought our steaks were overcooked. He told my friend, so you don't want medium rare. You want rare plus. And she was like, okay. (laughs) And they essentially brought a steak out to her, to her that was like practically mooing. It was
7: like, (laughs) Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz.
9: All right, Jada Pinkett Smith is dropping Tupac's name left and right. She saw Britney making these headlines with all these leaks about her new memoir. It comes out on October 24th, The Woman and Me. And she says, what else can I say about this man and my husband, which, by the way, have been separated for seven years. So now to make headlines, she is lumping both Will and Tupac into the same storyline. And she says, you know, if Tupac and Will had ever met, they would have been best buddies. If Pac had survived... Vegas, he and Will would have ended up being really mm. good friends. Mm. You know, they would have had a lot to offer one another. Mm. And funny enough, Will was the only person when I started dating
0: him, Pac never like, said anything. If I dated anybody else, Pac had, had something to say. Okay, He didn't think anybody was good enough, which I understand,
6: right?
9: But when I started dating Will, he didn't say anything, which meant to me,
4: in his own way,
9: he approved.
4: <laughs> I think I times. recognize that hmm and that laugh. Is that Jay Shetty? Yes. Okay. Um, so one of my biggest pet peeves is when people speak for the dead. Mm-hmm. You don't know how somebody was going to react. You don't know how somebody was going to receive somebody else. Like, I... I it, it really irks me when somebody speaks for the dead and what they would or would not have done.
7: What were you saying about Pac well, earlier this morning, the joke now? Well, um, in, J- in Jada's defense, the Internet is saying that Pac is not actually dead, but he faked it to get away from her. Yes. <laughs> so, so maybe she's not actually speaking for the dead after all. I don't know what the <laughs> saturation
2: point has been with her because I used to really like her and Will a lot. Yeah. But at some point. It turned like she just feels like she thinks she's just a little bit smarter than everybody else and a
7: little bit emotionally more advanced than everybody else. I'm just done listening to her talk. It's messy. I don't even know what to say about it anymore. I mean, let the man rest in peace. It's been so long. Let it go.
9: Pink is getting backlash for some flags she was waving at her concert. I'll tell you why she had to set the record straight on your next E-Buzz on The Burt Show.
8: The Burt Show. She really
2: likes spending the night in her own room, sometimes away from her significant other. But she might be going a little over the top to get what she wants here. Seems a little ridiculous.
4: (laughs) All right, let me find it because I lost my place. Forgive me. You want me to read it? I got you. Hey, Burt Show. Found you guys on Facebook and have been listening ever since. I'm one of your loyal Fargo fans. If Kristen could read this in her Midwest accent, it uh-huh. would make my day. Don't you know? Who's <laughs> is so heavy these days? I really appreciate you guys keeping it light and making me laugh on a daily basis. That's all you're going to get from me, babe. There's something I do, and I want to know if you guys think it's normal. I pick fights with my husband so I can get the bedroom to myself.
2: That's jacked up, man. Wow. This
4: man snores like nobody's business. He rattles the windows. I try to fall asleep before him and his snoring is typically not an issue, but there are nights I want to stay up and binge some TV, but I want to do it in my bed. So I'll pick a fight with him and force him to sleep in the guest bedroom. <laughs> then I can lay there in peace, watch my shows and get the greatest night of sleep in my life. Does anybody else intentionally pick a fight so they can have the bed to themselves? Surely I'm not the only one. Um, FTR, for the record, they aren't drag out fights; they're just big yeah. enough to get them to the guest bedroom. Thanks, Ellie.
2: All right, you guys want to get in on this one eight five five bird show? So I don't understand this because she doesn't say there's a history of her wanting to sleep in the bed and him going, "No, you got to stay. You got to stay here." So there's really no conflict. So. Why not just say to the dude, you snore loudly, I can't sleep, I'm going to sleep in the guest room tonight, rather than
7: get into a fight. That was my first thought. <laughs> I mean. It, it, it seems so simple to just ask him. Not to mention, I've been in a relationship where it seemed like the person enjoyed arguing right before going to sleep, and that was, like, horrible for me. That's the worst time to get into any kind of fight is when you're about to try to go to sleep. Yes.
9: Well, the main thing here is she wants to sleep in her bed, so she's picking these fights to get him in the guest room. Yeah. And I think that if you were every night going to come to him and be like, hey, you can't sleep in our bed tonight. You have to go in the lesser bed.
2: Um, now, we could raise the stakes on this, even though calls are certain to come in Um, because I do think that we've had women on before that say when hubby gets all frisky and she doesn't feel like getting frisky, she'll start a fight just so they don't have to do that.
4: I have heard that too. I do feel like we're overcomplicating things, but- that's sometimes how the wiring works up there and instead of just taking the direct route you like to go
2: <laughs>
4: I mean you, you get to the same destination sometimes you just want to take the scenic route it doesn't even say though
2: I've talked to him about it before and he doesn't want me to sleep in the other room she's just like picking a fight for no reason mm-hmm. hey Rhonda good morning you're on the Burt Show hi
0: hi hello uh, meet me is it are you talking to me yeah I think talking, so yeah. are, you, are you Rhonda Yes, I am. Okay. And it's you. Me and my me and my husband was married for ten years. We slept with four dots and little puppies. That story. Then they ended up being dogs. When I turned fifty, I couldn't stand the dog hair. So in his store and in my story, I just went to my other bedroom, set up my little stuff. We live happily ever after. Dogs are not allowed in my room. He sleeps with dogs. When we do our little business, we do it in my room we <laughs>
4: Where there's no dog hair.
2: Right, that makes sense. Easy fix. It makes total sense here. That's how you handle it as mature adults right there. Hey, Sarah, good morning.
1: Hi, good morning.
2: All right, are you in this Um, category here where you're just going to force a fight just to be out of the room?
1: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely not. I get where she's coming from. I love having my bedroom to myself, but to fix this situation, when me and my fiance moved in together for the first time, we just got a two-bedroom, and... Whenever I just want to be alone, I just tell him, hey, can you, like, go away? And he, you know, goes in his room or goes on the couch and does his thing, and I do my thing, and it's never a problem. I don't know why she can't just ask him to go away. (laughs) Well,
2: I mean, we could ask Cassie here. I mean, this has been a problem in their relationship before, and I don't think you're picking fights with him to get in your own
6: room.
5: No, I I just moved into the guest room. He did a long stint when he was in the guest room, and then we tried sleeping in the same bed again, and the snoring was too loud, so I moved into the guest room. And I miss him. I missed sleeping by him. He has a CPAP machine now, so we sleep in the same bed no problem. But I'm not going to lie, it was kind of glorious having my own room again. I had my own nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. You could snuggle down. De- like, it just, there is something about if you have the privilege of having your own room, like growing up and going to college and all that, and then you don't have one anymore and you don't have a space that's yours, you have nowhere to escape to, and like ever. So, there was something really nice about mm-hmm. having separate bedrooms.
4: I feel like the person who is causing the infraction, which is the snoring, they should be the one to vacate the premises.
2: Yeah. I mean, if he knows that it's that big a problem for her, yeah, I agree with you. But she hasn't even said that they've had conversations about it. Because,
4: there, I mean, it happened recently and it doesn't happen often um, anymore. But my husband was snoring and woke me up. And by the third time, I was so pissed. I just got up and I went down to the guest bedroom. And I was so miffed that I was the one that had to go to the guest bedroom. Yeah, right. I mean, I really wanted to wake him up but then I just gave him the silent treatment for a little bit the next morning and then <laughs> he apologized to me with
2: that. <laughs> that <sounds laughs> Didn't you tell us that you used to punch him like in the spleen too no, when he was No, I snoring? don't
4: punch him. I'm very nice now and he, cause he's he's taught himself to sleep on his side and stomach so he doesn't snore because when he rolls off over on his back, that's when he does.
2: You used to give him the little once over. Yeah,
4: I do, but now <laughs> I actually, I do one of these and I rub his arm and then I just do a little nudge nudge <laughs> so he rolls over and it kind it, of it happened the other night. He goes, man, I slept great and I'm like, I'm glad
6: somebody did. <laughs> 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 the
2: First show, all right. So Cassie here has been waffling on a very, very big decision.
5: Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm curious, and I would love to know from people. I, we've talked ad nauseum on the show about how effective and helpful medication can be for mental health, and trying to remove the stigma. Kristen, you've been so open about it, um, and we've had multiple, multiple members on the show talk about it. Six years, lex- post strong, baby, Ooh. and can, I'm. <laughs> no, no, you, no, no,
2: do that. you don't. No, no, Celebrate that for you. I'm
6: on drugs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to America.
5: And I don't have a hesitation in taking medication if I need it. My question is how do you know when you need it? Oh, you know. Do you know? Because I keep waffling back and forth because some days I feel great and I feel fine and I feel like myself. And then the other days, my husband took me um, and the kids to the mountains for my birthday. And we were driving up there and I had so much dread. And all of a sudden we're on these back roads and this it's like not even paved. And this pickup truck just stops. And I'm like, don't go near him. This is a trap. This is what they do. They stop and then they jump you. And he's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, no, man, this is what they do. This is how you get there. Uh, getcha." And like the anxiety kept building and building to the point where like I screamed twice in the house because I thought people were stomping up the stairs and it was my son thumping his travel crib. And he's like, And I was like, this is a gut feeling, like something is off. And he goes, that's not your gut. That's your anxiety, and it's out of Mm -hmm. control. And it just had never occurred to me that this gut feeling I had about safety is probably like unbridled anxiety and needs to be reined in a little bit. So Mm -hmm. we're we're friends, right? Yes.
2: Okay. Uh, I can't believe you're not already. (laughs) Uh, I'm not joking
5: Um, I I know I I laughed To take the hurt away
2: (laughs) Just based on our conversations And how like last week you were telling us About the anxiety and the OCD And you and um, Abby Have this tendency to Catastrophize things And you've talked about how anxious you are On a day to day That I'm really surprised that you haven't gotten on them sooner
4: Sorry go ahead Well instead of hearing from Bird and I about how we endorse you investigating (laughs) medication. We actually have a therapist on the line. Oh,
2: yay. Yes. All right. Where's the fun in that? (laughs) Good morning. Bursha, who is this? Hi, this is Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Okay, Cassie is like waffling back and forth. Should I be on meds? Should I not be on meds? As a therapist, what do you say?
0: As a therapist and someone who also takes medications for anxiety i think there's a stigma that we have about taking medications when the reality is there there are some medications that have been out there for 30 40 years that are really safe and effective and i i completely understand like not wanting to start anything not knowing the safety profile of things and and that makes that makes sense but there's a lot of things out there that can help us it's it's almost i always compare it to you know if you had a broken leg Mm -hmm. no one would expect you to be running a marathon or walking without some kind of assistance and yet because anxiety and depression and things are invisible we just assume people can just get up and keep going and Mm -hmm. i i like to compare drugs to sort of they're like training wheels they can help you get through the day they can help you learn some better coping skills. And then in the end, you can always decide if you wanna stay on them or not, but it never hurts to just try. And one of the things that you don't realize is once you start taking them, it's not like they make you feel high or happy or on cloud nine, but you realize, wow, this is what it's like not to ruminate so much. This is what it's like to just go through your day and feel effective and feel happy and feel like you're
5: yourself. I I think the problem is, and I love your analogy, I think maybe I've had a broken leg for so long that Mm. I feel like it's maybe just a light, twisted ankle. Mm. And it doesn't... I'm so used to it, it doesn't feel like it's impeding my life. And I always have seen medication for people who like their mental health is really impacting their life. And for me, I feel like it's manageable. So that's why I'm like do I really need it? Or are there other tools that I can use? Do I need to just tell myself to get over it and get out of my comfort zone? And But we all have that wake-up call moment, right? Mm-hmm. And And mine was the anxiety
4: attacks. For you, it was your husband at the cabin, like kind of opening your eyes a little bit to like, you can go on a family vacation and enjoy yourself and not worry that somebody's going to kidnap you, that somebody's in the house, and when he pointed out that that's probably not your gut, it's just your anxiety, could that maybe have been an aha moment for you?
5: Yeah, because it was, it definitely was because I was... It was, shock. it was a revelation because I was just so convinced like we were in the middle of the woods and like cabin in the woods Jason's gonna come out of the <laughs> woodwork I'm like family slaughtered like all this stuff I'm like playing the headlines and I'm working myself up into it and I'll let it go And but then it's like anything that's slightly off I'm like this is it this is it I knew it was gonna happen so yeah that might be, are the, you that en- might be the sign are you enjoying life Truly, No, I-, I haven't been for a while. All right.
2: Well, there's your answer. Yeah. I mean... Well, I'm why-
5: going to a lot of different condiments kind of to get through that. <laughs> well, I have is- some in my purse. You want to try them now? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Life is too short, but it's also very long, man. Yeah. So to not be happy that long. And somebody had told me before that... They were waffling back and forth the same as you, and they finally got on the meds, the right meds. And it takes a while to find the right dosage and the right one that works with your body. And I remember him telling me, like, you don't realize that you need glasses until you have glasses on and you see how clear the world is. i heard that.
5: Okay. Mm -hmm. All
2: right. Meds it is. (laughs) This is virtual.
5: Meds, 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 meds.
2: The first show. Just as I was starting to warm up to this Matt Rife guy, just I, you know what? A couple of people have sent me some of the stand-up comedians' videos the last couple of weeks, and I was just starting to think, you know what? This guy is pretty dang funny. Do you guys want to see the video when he was um, doing his stand-up, and a woman in the front row had a seizure? Yes! Oh my God, that was crazy. <laughs> crazy, but the way he handled it was with such sensitivity at first, and, <laughs> and care, and then with such good humor. And she was so great about it. I thought it was a great video. It,
4: it really, honestly was. It kind of made it kind of turned me around to Matt Rife yeah. a little bit after he like had crapped on Atlanta so much. And I am like, no, the, there is no doubt the dude is funny, and there is also no doubt that he is attractive.
2: Yeah, if you like that kind of thing, <laughs> just the
9: objectively hot kind of thing.
2: All right, so we were talking about him for a couple of weeks because he was he was just railing on Atlanta, but that has seemed to go away. And then now there's a, a video circulating where he's on a podcast, the Daily, the
9: Daily comedian on TikTok,
2: Daily comedian on TikTok, and he starts to go off on Atlanta
8: yet again. We're closing on getting my mom a house this week, so like that's just stuff. how exciting that's, is that? It's incredible. Except for my mom doesn't know what the f- she's talking about. Really? When I call, does she my- know about? The house? She, oh yeah, she knows about the house, and okay. I I wish my Is biggest it in Ohio? Mistake, no, God no, uh, uh, Georgia. Okay, um, God no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, once my grandpa passed away, I was like, we have to get everyone the f- out of Ohio, so I never have to go back here ever again. Oh, you don't like Ohio? I don't like Ohio, but funny enough, I like uh, Atlanta worse than any part of Ohio. I told her if she moved anywhere close to Atlanta, I'd never come visit her.
7: Yeah, I, I think I saw just scrolling. I saw a clip of you sh- on Atlanta.
8: Yeah, do f- that place. <laughs> And people were like, oh, you're never going to be able to perform in Atlanta again. (laughs) Promise?
2: (laughs) Wow. So it goes on and on and on, (laughs) just as we were starting to like you. Those days are over. Never again. I had another debate on in the moment here between uh, Mo and
7: Katie. This one? This one is called black math. Black math. Yes, because of all of the math that was going around on social media, girl math, boy math, everybody started to kind of make their own math between their own (laughs) cultures. And so Katie and I thought it would be uh, fun to come up with our own versions of what we consider black math, that even though it may not make a lot of sense, I think all black people would agree that they pretty much understand it.
1: Absolutely.
7: So these are examples of what we believe to be black math, you guys can comment on if you think it's something that's not a black thing or if you didn't know about it as we go. Are we
2: allowed to laugh?
7: Absolutely. (laughs)
4: Absolutely
6: not. (laughs) Don't you dare. I'm like,
4: things that Mo and Katie can say, things that Burt, Kristen, and Abby cannot say. (laughs) We're saying this. This is
7: Katie and I saying this. Y'all can laugh. Okay. Black math is thinking, I ain't forgot about you is a form of payment. Oh. Did <laughs> I get that? You don't get it? I don't.
1: So say if that you've borrowed money for like say oh, I borrowed two hundred dollars okay. from Mo, right? And uh-huh. he's like, yo, you gotta pay me back in a month. And a month comes by yeah. and I see him like, Hey, I, I didn't forget about you. I ain't forget about you. I didn't forget about, oh, okay. you. It, forget it, about you for
7: ten
2: years. <laughs> okay. I need my money. All right. I'm definitely gonna need like Caucasian subtitles here. Got
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions. All right. Okay. All right. mm-hmm. Black math is saying that you're five minutes away when you know you haven't even left the house.
7: That I understand. <laughs> no matter where the hell you are, you're five mm-hmm. minutes away. That's a rule. Black math is until you pay rent in this house, you should be seen and not heard. <laughs> like, I never heard that? Oh, yeah. That's okay. a white thing also. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay.
1: <laughs> Black math is asking to borrow things that you know you can't return. Like, can I borrow a cup of sugar?
7: <laughs> Some flour? Okay.
1: <laughs> you just need to take the word borrow out and say, can I have?
7: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Black Math is all of your parents, friends, being uncles and aunts, even though they never bought you anything for Christmas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Black Math is making all of your appointments on weekdays during the work hour so that you can take off without
2: having to take off. That's just smart. I got an appointment. I got an appointment. That's (laughs) smart. Your
4: teeth get dirty on company time. Your hair grows on company time. That's true. I mean. Speak it. you, You have. Health on company time.
7: <laughs> Black math is saying, "Damn!" After somebody gives you a completely reasonable price for something, <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then expecting that price to drop. A hundred percent. After you
7: say
6: I
4: said,
1: "Damn!" Black math is if your kid is old enough to put a sentence together, they're old enough to stay at home alone.
7: Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And you be babysitting your brother. Lord. <laughs> Black Math is saying long story short and then proceeding to tell the longest story you ever heard in your (laughs) damn life. (laughs) I like the new cliche, which is short story long, which
2: I'm starting to hear quite a bit. Like, like I'm just going to take the short story. I'm going to make it super, super long. So you can
6: prepare yourself. Uh
1: Black math is seeing someone do something dumb in traffic and then making a comment about why their car looks that way. So if you ever seen a beat up car yeah, yeah. and they cut you off in traffic, you're yeah. like, that's why your car looks like that. That's always, exactly why. I've always had those inner thoughts. <laughs> I didn't, I
4: didn't
6: Let know. know. Fly. I thought it was the only <laughs> No. I, those are my outer thoughts.
4: If I see a car that is beat up, especially yeah. on one side, you better believe I am not going to drive next to that side of the yes. car. Because whatever happened was your fault. You hit somebody <gasps> yep. and I'll be damned if you're going to hit me.
2: I feel so free.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I was the only one that thought that? No, nope. sir. <laughs> Black Math is shifting through every pack of chicken at the supermarket to save 23 cents. <laughs> While wearing a Gucci belt. (laughs) Which one of these are the cheapest? I've definitely done it.
6: I've done it too. I've done it too. Oh, dude,
1: I do that with steaks all
6: the time. (laughs) You gotta save them coins.
1: Black Math is stopping the microwave before the last second, so you don't have to hear the beep. I
6: have gotta rest it. But then, if
2: somebody else does it and leaves it on one second and you're next to use the microwave, I feel like it's a huge offense. Yes,
7: finish your session. See (laughs) it through.
9: You have to diffuse the bomb before it goes off. And
4: after the bomb is diffused, you have to clear the screen.
7: Black Math is thinking when your car tells you your gas tank is on E, it stands for eventually. Go to the gas station.
1: We can push it a couple, 30 <laughs> more miles.
4: Uh, my husband now is like, we have a child. You can't Christ. wait for the light to come on. Christ. And I don't wait it because my car goes from yellow to red. Like, it'll give you a warning. Like, you'll have a yellow, and then you'll go to red. And if I come home and the car's on red, <laughs> he he reads me. He's like, he? we have a child. You can't get this low. And I'm like, I still had, it said I had 23 miles left.
1: <laughs> Black Math is waiting for enough time to pass, and thinking that that is an apology. So uh, if you owe someone an apology uh, and you don't want to say it, it's like, well, it's been three months. You should be good, right?
2: Yeah, be dead. Exactly, <laughs> how I go. All right, where can people find in the moment? Wherever you get your podcast. And that is owned by Pioneer Network. Legally, I got to say, I own that thing. The Burt Show.